0: Okay, family. Hello, my name is Meg. I'm your host today for the commentary track of the film of Stephanie Meyer's Twilight. A little bit of background about me. I am in quarantine right now. I am positive I'm dying of corona. No, I'm just kidding. I don't think I am, but I do have terrible cold and flu symptoms. So I'm sorry about all of the sniffing and coughing and sneezing and scratching that you're going to hear. But there is uh, kind of a dearth of content uh in quarantine. Of course there are millions of hours of content in of which I could partake. However, I uh choose not to do that for so many things. And it turns out that I just want to hear a very few select things that I want to hear when I want to hear them. And lately I've been listening to two uh great podcasts that I would suggest to you. The first one being The Nibbler. The Nibbler is um, a podcast that is a spin-off. It started as an April Fool's prank, then they did Halloween and April Fool's again. And now I think it's just kind of a beloved side project of The Quibbler, which is a Harry Potter podcast. So if you search The Nibbler, you will find the Twilight episodes, um, but that is not the normal name of the show, so be aware of that. And then similarly, um, Twilight in Quarantine is another podcast that you can search, and that's really, they're really uh, bite-sized, they're like 15 minutes, but they're coming out three times a week, so that is basically gold. Uh, It's more valuable than toilet paper, as we were saying a month ago. So, (laughs) and that is also a spinoff of Vanessa Zoltan's show Hot and Bothered. I don't listen to Hot and Bothered, I know her from Harry Potter and the sacred text. So apologies for not mentioning the other people who are involved in that production. Um, But so anyway, uh, I'm not a Twilight fan, but I love uh, criticism. I think criticism is just absolutely um, an act of love. I don't see why you would bother being critical of something if it was beneath your notice. So I do think it's fun. To go back and, and analyze cultural phenomenon, phenomena and say, hey, what was going on here? Why were we all interested in this? What's going on with this? So I don't think I'm going to add anything uh, to the, these films that you <laughs> haven't thought, that your friends didn't joke about 10 years ago, that these podcasts haven't contributed. However, they are going to be something that you can listen to if you want to. They're here for you. And if you don't want to listen, you don't have to. That's why I don't... I I would never talk about this with my friends. They don't fucking care. (laughs) Oh, there's going to be cursing. A lot of cursing on this podcast, by the way. It is not um, youth-friendly. If you are trying to keep uh, your children innocent, don't let them listen to me. I am (laughs) child-free. And uh, it reflects. So, um, if you just want to sit around... Maybe you want to line up the film with me. Uh, sometimes I just listen to spin-off commentary tracks of that are boring. I mean, they're dead air sometimes. I'm just like painting my house or doing the dishes, and it's just dead air, and I start thinking my own thoughts. And then the host starts talking again when something interesting happens in the film, and I just let it go on in the background. So no matter what kind of listener uh, or listener viewer you may be, I hope you'll be able to find something that will help you through this time, and hey, if you're listening in the future, let me know do I survive my in- obvious infliction with coronavirus? Um, <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna get my movie set up here. Uh, I'm watching on voodoo. I actually committed, ooh, my microphone's gonna get messed up. I'm, I'm not a professional podcaster, by the way, this is my very first podcasting experience. Um, I just thought I listen to a lot of podcasts that are shit, and I still enjoy them. So if I could provide some enjoyment for some people with my shit podcast, then awesome. So I got the bundle of Twilight on Voodoo and I think it was like 30 bucks, which obviously sucks, but you do get, I think, five movies, and they are fun. I mean, like, a uh, little bit of background, so... <clears throat> I, oh, wait, wait. Actually, I have something more important to start with. Let's, let's start with a beverage. Here we go. Yeah, okay, now we're live. So, I read, uh, I read podcast. I read Twilight on a plane. I was living with my dad and going to visit my mom. So, I was traveling from Washington State to California. So from like the Pacific Northwest back to the deserty area. And I had split custody and I was uh I think I was well actually no, I was in college by then, so nobody had custody of me. Um but you know, I had grown up in a split custody environment and that was just that's how my life has been organized. So I picked this up on the you know, in the airport because it was all over the place. And I think the first movie was about to come out. So I think maybe 3 of the books were out at that point. And um, so I was a little late to the game. This would have been maybe 2010, maybe? Mm, Not sure. Wait, let's actually look at when the first Twilight movie came out, and maybe it'll say 2009 is when it came out. So I probably started reading it in 2009, in that case. And um, I was just so absorbed, because, you know, I'm a terrible reader now, but, you know, 11 years ago, I was a Phenomenal reader, and and on a plane, there's no better place to just get absorbed. Uh, yeah, you don't have a choice. At that time, there was no TVs, you know, on them. So what were you going to do? You had to just slog through the book. But I didn't find Twilight a slog. I I ripped through it. I think I read it on the plane. I might have finished it like as I got off the plane. But I mean, SeaTac uh, to LAX, it can vary, but it's not. It's about a two-hour flight. Um, so that's not long, you know, you think of taxiing and everything, uh, and I finished it and I was like, this is wicked good. And so I was visiting my mom and I was thinking, this is so interesting. I'm not in high school, so I don't really relate to that so much. And I, I had already had and lost like my first love. So I was not, uh, that was not the most appealing part to me, but the fact that she lived in the Pacific Northwest and you have to remember, we had not had a famous book about the Pacific Northwest since maybe snow falling on cedars (laughs) and even that is kind of niche so I was just so excited there's a book about the Pacific Northwest um, and then also this girl has like split custody she chooses to move from one parent to another once she's old enough to decide which is something that I also did at the age she did it So kind of like Harry Potter where I started reading that at 11. He was 11 and, you know, it's not a perfect book, but it totally entranced me because I was at the right place at the right time. So I got off the plane and I think I basically said to my mom, like, hi, nice to see you. Yeah, everything's great. Let's go to the bookstore. (laughs) And I remember my brother and sister were so irritated because, like, I bought these, I bought, you know, I think the second and third book at the bookstore that day. And then we were like, went to the beach and I was just reading and they're like, can you visit with us? Like, can you frolic with us, please? But I was kind of absorbed in this cause it is just a page turner and it's so boring. There's such boring parts. And so you really have to kind of skim and get to the exciting bits, which, you know, is not exactly, a, a read full of integrity, but it is uh, an adventure. So I got through them and, uh, I didn't think about it. I mean, it was not, I didn't realize what a cultural phenomenon it was. I didn't realize it was going to be influencing so many young women. And so the messages didn't matter to me. Any, any, uh, I'm not a big, uh, as they call it, chick lit. I don't know if that's demeaning, but that literally is a category like at the bookstore. Um, but I'm not a big chick lit or beach lit beach, you know, fiction person. Um, I actually don't like, like, a light romp (laughs) too much, but these felt that way to me, and I did like them, Uh, so I just wasn't thinking about the messages, and so I went, uh, I think it was Thanksgiving, and my boyfriend and I and my family went away to a cabin, and uh, we took one day, he and I, to, like, drive away from the snowy cabin and into the city, the city of you know like maybe a thousand people but they had a movie theater and I wanted to see Twilight because it had just come out and I had read the books that summer you know which had been only a few months before and I just remember being so bummed out the music is sensational I feel like Stephanie Meyer kind of put like Muse and a few other bands on the map. And even in her books, I think sometimes she'd be like, here's a playlist for you to listen to while you read it. It's what I listened to while I wrote it. Which was so of the time. I mean that was just like, oh, I'll just eat it up, you know. Uh but so we saw this film and and it was like I think pretty had opened pretty recently and um so everyone in the audience was eager to see it. They weren't like seeing it a second time to make fun of it. These were people who were earnest, you know, ready to enjoy the film. And it starts slow. Uh, Kristen Stewart is phenomenal, actually. She really does an incredible job as Bella. But unfortunately for an audience, like, Bella is not an interesting character. So it starts slow. And then I remember the point where she walks into class and there's... Oh, sorry. I got way too close to my microphone. She walks into class and she like, a fan blows her hair. I swear it was more subtle in the book, but they had to, I guess, make it obvious for people who hadn't read it, and the fan blows her hair, and she, and Edward, like, makes this face, like, you know, her stinky feet smell have reached him or something, and, and she, like, smells her hair, and, and it's the only way they could convey that, right? Like, they did a great job conveying that, actually. I've gone back and watched it and been like, this is good, but, in the theater, everyone just burst out laughing, and it happened that way throughout the whole thing. every time it was supposed to be like intense and dramatic and mysterious, people were just in stitches, and I was too, but I was also mad because I was just like I thought this actually was a really kind of gripping little page turner, and they've messed it up, which I actually have looked back and I don't feel that way. I like the first film, I like the director um I love the cinematography of the whole series. But anyway, it was just a disappointment, so I abandoned it at that point. I was just like, "Oh God, this is gonna." They're just trying to make this another, um, you know, like pre, like YA, f- you know, phenomenon. They're not trying to actually like make an enjoyable film. They're just trying to like turn out the dollars. So I gave up on it, and then you know I was in college at the time. So as it became a topic of conversation, then all of these messages were like, "Holy shit." My niece, she's my cousin, but uh, she's so much younger than me that uh, we would often refer to her as my niece, but she's not. But uh, my cousin Taylor, uh, she just fucking loved this series, and she was like 12 at the time. And I remember having a big fight with my dad. I mean, we don't really have big fights, but like it was, it was like a, it was like sternly worded both directions, which is <laughs> like how wasps fight I guess (laughs) so uh you know and he was like how can you be so hypocritical like you told me that you like blazed through these books and thought they were really enchanting and it's about a local neighborhood and she can go go there and she's having a good time with it like what is wrong with you like why are you such a killjoy and I couldn't like my dad is a drill sergeant in the army. He's just, like, he's he's um a liberal person, but also a traditional person, if you can figure that out. So he just, like, we couldn't, I couldn't say, like, yeah, I did. And also, that was wrong. <laughs> like, I just, I was an adult, and it didn't really impact my thinking. But a young girl, it is going to impact your thinking. And, you know, I was wrong, and now we need to, it, she can still love it and enjoy it, but we need to explain to her... You know, that it's not just all about getting married, you know, and this, that, and the other. And she, uh, did, uh, did not go over well. I mean, when I tell you she's obsessed, like, I don't want to be, uh, I don't know. I'm not trying to be bigoted at all, but I mean, like, I'm telling you, she married a Native American boy from the Forks area when she was like 18. Like, I mean, she like, she, we're, we're from this area. So basically like she lived out this fantasy and she's still living it. They're married. So congrats to them. But, um, ah, uh, it's not my life. So, but I do look back and think, oh God, like I was the one who got her on that. And I didn't even know she just overheard that it was good and it changed her whole life. So there are definitely messages we do want to think about while we're watching this, um, I'm not sure how deep I'm going to get into them. We'll just see how it goes because uh, I, I want this to be entertaining, and I really am just a, a ruthless killjoy. So I will try to enjoy it and just say, oh, look at the pretty trees, this, 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 and we'll see what happens. Who knows if I'll even publish this, but I'm going to try to because, like I said, I listen to shit podcasts and they comfort me. So if my shit podcast can comfort you, that would be great. Okay. Okay. So I've got my bevrage here. It is a truly hard seltzer. Um, and I've got Twilight lined up. And right here on the Voodoo front page, they make sure to show me that it is a rotten tomato with a big big green tomato splat right across the front. All right, cool. I Before we start, I would just like to say Kristen Stewart is stupid beautiful. I just love the way she looks. I love that she just looks like a person. Like she doesn't, again, I'm sexist piece of shit, but she doesn't look, you know, like a product of Calabasas or like, I mean, her hair is luscious. She's got like five times more hair than a person can have and all these other things that obviously are a little bit enhanced for cinema. But I think it just kind of, she hits exactly what she wants. Or exactly what, you know, I'm hoping, like, the production wanted, which is that she looks like the any girl, but just, like, so stunningly beautiful. Okay, so I'm looking at this picture of her. Um, it is it is a picture of, like, it goes across the whole voodoo screen, but it is 75% Kristen Stewart's wig. So, um, let's read this. Bella Swan doesn't expect much when she moves to the small town of Forks, Washington. And, side note in case I can ever convince my friend not friend acquaintance Jenna who I'm actually just a fan of hers let's be real I'm just a fan of hers but um she's a huge Twilight fan so I'm just tell you guys this was originally called Forks the uh, the book Twilight was called Forks Uh, because you know Bella comes to Forks in the road in the path of her life so there's just a little bit of me pretending to be a connoisseur about something I'm not a connoisseur about okay that is until she meets the mysterious and handsome Edward Cullen. Also known as, what was her name? Was it Edwin that they called her in the. No, Edith. She called her Edith in the gender bent one. I just read that like a week ago. I'm telling you, quarantine is taking a toll. Okay, sorry, I can't even read a sentence. A boy who's hiding a dark secret. He's a vampire. For real. She finds out by going to, like, vampiresa-to-z.com. Okay. As their worlds and hearts collide, Edward must battle the bloodlust raging inside him. Yeah, we all know what that's a metaphor for. As well as a coterie of undead that would make Bella their prey. (sighs) Based on the best-selling sensation by Stephanie Meyer, which they do spell incorrectly. She's Stephanie with all ease. Twilight adds a dangerous twist to the classic story of star-crossed lovers. Now, I don't want to talk about Meghan Markle because that's a can of worms. But before Meghan Markle, I will say that as a Meghan with an H, it was impossible to fucking find my name spelled correctly anywhere. Uh, Celebrities could have it spelled that way and they would still spell it wrong in the press. So I imagine that for Stephanie Meyer, who is (laughs) hugely influential on our culture, as maybe unfortunate as that might be, Um, I imagine that that could be really frustrating, but she's fucking, like, got all of these fans and no one can spell her goddamn name right. But I suppose that's her mom's fault for just saying, well, here's the standard spelling, why don't I fuck with it just one little bit? Okay, are you guys ready? I'm gonna get going on this. Okay, let's see where we're at. I'm pushing the button, it's loading, and we're going right in. Okay, Ready? Okay. Intro logos. Okay. I actually have to go turn off my light and do a couple things like that. So when you hear me creaking around, that's going to be what you're hearing. Okay. So, actually, you know what? I'm a piece of shit. Because I'm already pausing it. Pause your shit, you guys. What, did you expect me to have my stuff together? This is my first recording. I don't know what I'm doing. You should... You better be ready... The finger on the button. The funny thing is, whenever I listen to commentary tracks, I never watch the film. I just listen to them talk, and they they usually don't provide context. So they'll just be like, "Look at him doing that. How stupid!" And I'm like, "I don't know what they're talking about, but that's funny." Okay, that's my uh, sound of my big butt. That's not that big. And not big enough by Calabasas standards. All right, so I'll settle in here. And see what we're working with Get this turned All the way down Okay Bella says she'd never given much thought to how she would die Oh, we're opening on beautiful lush Pacific Northwest scenery we got a deer I guess Bella's the deer These sweeping angles, you know, downward where they start at the top of the tree and then the camera sweeps down to the, the base of the forest floor. It's just stunning. Now, this deer's like leaping around through the woods being chased by shit. And again, it's just how can you make something so beautiful? <laughs> but that's it, really is like that here. We have the only rainforest in the Northern Hemisphere of the world. So if you want rainforest, you gotta go to the Southern Hemisphere or you gotta come to Washington State. Okay. So Bella's mom is really irresponsible. This has always been confusing to me. I know she does when she moves in with Charlie. She starts cooking all his meals and, and all that stuff, but it still never made a whole lot of sense to me. She just doesn't seem proactive enough. Like, she says she has to pay all her mom's bills because she can't remember and she has to pick up her dry cleaning. But I Bella is so disinterested in everything around her and so lacking in any curiosity at all. I cannot imagine her saying to her mom, like, what do you need? Like, wh- like, give me all of the mail so that I can sort this out. She's just so not proactive. Okay, we see some snow. Uh I actually don't recognize that bridge. I think that's a bridge in British Columbia. I don't think we have they would have gone across the floating bridge if they're going from SeaTac over to Forks. Uh they would have gone probably either taken the ferry uh across uh or taken the narrows bridge. Then they would have driven <laughs> Because we've got a lot of peninsulas. So if you're living over in western Washington, you're going over land and then water. And then land and then water. And then they would have gone on the floating bridge. Which is fantastic. I think it's one of the longest floating bridges in the world. And it's really incredible. We have several of those. We have some in Seattle too. Uh, let's see. Don't you love this bridge commentary? I'm mean, like, what? what could be better, you guys? I'm just sitting there thinking about how much, like, you hate your roommate that you never intended to have to spend so much time around before quarantine, or, like, maybe you got, like, bees stuck in your wall, I've got a friend who's got some bees in her wall, and just making her fucking crazy, so, hey, just forget about those bees, and think about all the bridges in Washington State, alrighty, so we're home with Charlie, oh, we're in Bella's little bedroom, Charlie says, you like purple, right? Which I take very much as an invitation to celebrate being a Husky. University of Washington Huskies. Some of the most egotistical. (laughs) My mom, she's one of them. So I can't talk, but... Okay... So we're meeting Billy Black and Jacob Black. Now I like uh, Jacob's long hair. Like not not if I was into him because I dated a guy with long hair and it kind of messed it up for me. (laughs) It messed with my head too much. Now it's like women with beautiful hair or men with short hair only. Like I'm sexist now. But I like his long hair. But it is true that when he when it's shorter, you can see all his, like, cheekbones and shit. But you just have to appreciate, like, long, beautiful hair on a man. My Uncle Gary was from Hawaii, and he always had, like, hip-length, wavy hair. It was so beautiful. Alright. So, let's see. Billy, who later... Spoilers. He's gonna die... He's going to die of like, preventable heart, heart disease, which I think is actually a really... Someone else mentioned this in the podcast that I've already... This is why I had to tell you about the other podcasts up front is because I'm going to be uh, carping a lot of stuff from them. Oh. Hey. Hey. Let me pause my recording. Oh, I didn't know you were recording. I'm sorry. Hello, hello. Testing. All right, if you're back with us, that was my sweet boyfriend, uh... He got back from his daily, I have to get out of the fucking house or I'm going to lose my goddamn mind, stroll around the neighborhood. And he came back and I was doing this recording, so he checked in with me, interrupted a bit, but he brought me another beverage. So now I have two full beverages right by all of these crisscrossed wires that I'm not used to handling. (laughs) So I'm definitely out of my depth. Um, all right, I've gone back a few seconds. I'm now at four minutes and 39 seconds. If you want to catch up to where that is, um, this is just like, uh, Charlie and Billy are back in the background and Jacob and Bella are be- about to reintroduce one another to one another, whatever the fuck, however you say that. So we're at, hi, I'm Jacob, hey, uh, um, okay. So you ready? Here we go in three, two one go. Hi, I'm Jacob. Oh shit, my sounds on. <laughs> okay, we'll ignore that. It's supposed to be coming through my headphones. Okay. So uh Charlie and Billy are fucking around with each other, being playful. Um in the book I remember she's they're like, "Oh yeah, I remember being fucking kids together or whatever and uh In this one, they're just kind of reintroducing each other. Oh, now this is her truck. They've given her this truck. And I like this reaction. She, I just think her reactions are good. She's so Bella. You can see why they cast her. So Jacob's hopped in the cab with her. And let's see what's happening. I'm basically teaching her how to drive this old clunker. Right, he's telling her about how he lives on the res, and she says that's a bummer, because it would have been nice to go to school with somebody that I'd already met. Ugh, I'm already so tired of this movie. <laughs> I my fucking podcast is a great distraction from whatever you're doing, because this is torture. No, just kidding. I have nothing better to do. Alright, so people are teasing Bella, I guess, about her ride, but she's smart, and she's just like, thanks. Alright, so time to go to her classes. She can't see. There's no fucking light in the sky in Washington, I guess. Everyone looks dead. I mean, they don't make the people look good. And that stays throughout the film. The vampires look terrible. I don't think any of them look attractive. I actually think... Um, like the mom, I can't remember the name of that actress, but I had seen her on something. I think she's on Grey's Anatomy and she is much prettier than in this film. I mean, all of them really, except Kristen Stewart. I think they do a good job making her, especially later, like in the second one and stuff, um, when she's like running around in Italy, she looks fantastic. All right. She's failing to volleyball, which is totally understandable. I was on the volleyball team and I still sucked at volleyball. Uh, I think this is Mike. So now we have already been introduced to Eric, who's immediately obsessed with her, and now Mike, who's immediately obsessed with her. Here's Anna Kendrick. Oh, Jessica, I mean. Uh, Aren't people from Arizona supposed to be, like, really tan? (laughs) Let me tell you something about Washingtonians. They don't talk like that. At least they didn't when I was in school. I transferred in eighth grade, right before ninth grade from California to Washington, and they fucking hated my Californian accent. Whenever I would use like as a pause word or, you know, like, um, this, like that. I I mean, I was from the valleys. So when you hear about a valley girl accent, that's me. So, uh, I mean, they're just merciless. It was immediately equated with being an idiot. And I think Jessica's the valedictorian. So I don't think that would have, I don't, I, uh, Washingtonians are really clannish. You know, it's like a lot of places you all grow up together and new people, they're not interested in, in new people so much. They're kind of like more suspicious. <laughs> so it's nice to have this like Stephanie Meyer imagining that we're all so nice. Okay. I don't know what this girl's name is, but she's Rosita in The Walking Dead. (laughs) Now, I'm autistic, so I have facial blindness. So I have a really hard time placing people. Sometimes I'll be watching a movie, and I'll be like, who's that? And my boyfriend will be like, that's the main character we've been watching this entire fucking time. And I just didn't recognize him because of some he was out of context or something. So it took me... I don't know. I think it was just the last time I watched this movie, which was probably like, maybe a year or two ago with one of my girlfriends. We were like, oh, my God. I was like, that's the hot girl from The Walking Dead. And she was like, which one? Which is a fair question. And I was like, the midriff girl. And actually, I did read all the comics and stuff, but I have terrible memories. So, uh yeah, so here she is. All these gals went on to be quite successful, I'd say. Uh The Cullens have come in. They look fucking weird. They don't look good. They don't look like they'd be popular because they, I mean, and also they look like 47 years old. I mean, every single person in this high school is more attractive than any one of these vampire characters is some combination of like, just their expressionless faces and their eyes. Oh, that. It's like, you couldn't be mad when they didn't make Harry Potter's eyes green because you're like, well, at least I didn't have to spend eight fucking movies being distracted by like horrible contacts or special effects. And that's the case with these films. Uh, these people just look terrible. They're not attractive. I mean, this kid played Cedric Diggory. He was so smoking hot as like just a wholesome Hufflepuff jock. And now he's actually, oh my God, wait. We're at the oh, this is the fan scene. I told you guys about this. Her luscious hair blows in the fan. He put, covers his mouth like he's going to actually retch. I mean, which he's not, right? He's supposed to be being like, oh, I can't sm- breathe this because I'll I'll kill her because she smells so delicious. But the way he like he like gags and his eyebrows are so furrowed and he just is like, it's so funny. I'm sure there were so many boyfriends in the audience who were just like, What? What is what is happening? And they didn't understand. And then this is the part where she sniffs her hair. That really is charming. I mean, what you know, they these filmmakers worked with what they had. Uh all right. He's staring at her creepily. Yeah, and these scenes just dragged on in theaters. I mean, now he's gagging again. Oh, now he's just, the bell rings, so he's up and out of there. Oh, gosh. They just dragged, so people would just laugh and laugh and laugh. And every different angle of the camera, people start laughing all over again. It was, uh, was so disappointed. I'll just have to endure it he says of like her stench, which is actually an aroma. The whole problem with these films, well, with, not the films, with the story is that she is like hypnotized the whole time. (laughs) I don't get it. It's like a, it had to be this way that he can't read her mind. So he doesn't know that she basically has no autonomy in any of these decisions. And yet he's so stupid in his, I mean, we're all ignorant by choice, right, when it's convenient, so, like, conveniently, he explains to her that, like, he is entrancing, and that she has no options, and that, like, she can do nothing but fall in love with him, even his breath is, oh, god, I think Alex Dallenberg from, uh, The Nibbler says his breath smells like fucking candy or whatever, I laugh so hard at that, um, so yeah, she's basically like hypnotized and he doesn't have to take any responsibility of that because he conveniently can't read her mind. So he gets to go ahead and treat her like as if she really is interested in him when, uh, there's questionable evidence of that. Okay. So she's back in her bedroom doing her homework in like her janitor's or like bowler's bowling championship shirt. I don't know what kind of fucking shirt this is. Uh, catching up with mom. Let's see. She says she misses her, which is really nice. I'm not sure that they, she's a little bit more condescending of her mom in the books. She's just kind of like, mom, I'm, I'm obviously alive still because dad would have told you if I was dead. So everything's fine. and I'll contact you again soon. Bye. Like she just like shoots off these, you know, brusque emails to her mom. They're saying they love each other again. Super sweet. Uh, oh, His creepy eyes. Yeah, see, she's supposed to be, like, having, like, a little bit of a fantasy for a split second, but people are just laughing. Because as I was saying, um, what's his fucking name? <laughs> All I can think about is fucking Hayden Christensen, who was the bad actor from Star Wars. Who's this guy's, what's this guy's name? Anyway, I do know his name. I just totally mind blank, but he is an attractive guy and they make him look like actually terrible and him looking up from under his like jet black eyebrows with this like golden blonde hair and golden eyes, your brain rejects it. It just says, no, I don't reject this because it's supernatural. I reject it because it doesn't work. It just doesn't it doesn't look scary or sexy or threatening or like he's resist. It doesn't, it just looks like he's constipated. Okay. So now I think we're in Seattle having a scene. I think these are these like Seattle grunge vampires. Uh, not sure. Yeah, there's definitely a skirmish taking place, but it is confusing because they kind of portray it as though like that man was like running from another human and then got into kind of a skirmish with other humans when the way that it's written and portrayed is that these these vampires are otherworldly and so they're kind of like a fight with them is not like a normal fight with another person. Oh, Bella just fell on her butt. That's pretty good. I like that. That's realistic. We get ice here for just just a little bit in the morning so that once you step out your door, you got a nice, slightly iced over bit of mud that you can just, you step in it and then your foot goes right out from under you. Super realistic, appreciate that. He says, you're not in Phoenix anymore, Bells. She's like, yeah, no shit, I can't even, see you across this driveway. It is so dim in this fucking imaginary state. I mean, and here's another unrealistic thing. Everyone has their headlights off in the daytime, which probably in Phoenix is normal, but in Washington state, it is dim. It's not as dim as they portray it here, but it is dim. So you just keep your headlights on 100% of the time they teach you in drivers that there's, why would you ever have your headlights off? It makes you more visible to other cars. Uh, there's just, there's, there's no reason to ever have them off. It doesn't really, uh, detract from their life. Actually, they just pretty much have the, you know, it's the wiring inside of the light that's going to go out. So, aren't you glad you tuned in for this? But anyway, so how often you use it is not really going to affect how quickly it's going to run down. It's going to kind of go bad after a few years, one way or another. So just keep your fucking headlights on people. That's what I'm saying. All right. So now Edward was gone for a day. Now he's back or he was gone for however long he was fucking gone. And now he's back and he's being friendly and they're learning about mitosis and uh yeah, I don't know. They're gonna look at some samples. (laughs) They're just so tortured. Like she can't even just like take the microscope. She has to like touch her shoulder and then her brow and then like almost touch the microscope and then like take her hand back off and then be like, "You, you were gone the other day. And then like, I mean, it's just so agonizing every little motion they're really They're really going for it. I mean, you can't blame the act. I don't think you can blame anyone. I think sometimes everyone does their best job. And it either just comes together or it doesn't. But, and I don't know if this did or not. It's kind of a personal opinion. But, um, so they're talking about the weather. Which pretty much we don't do here. Because, yeah, there's just nothing to talk about. Uh, we like to say that there are... All four seasons, rain, 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 and construction. All right, so now he's, it's just so bad. His lips are so, I mean, they're berry-stained exactly like hers. They both just look like they've just been gnawing on their lips in like this, like, you know, like Bronte- in the moors, like with the wind whipping at that like it doesn't make any sense. He doesn't even have blood, you guys. He doesn't have blood, okay? Well, I mean, I guess he has blood in him, maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. But he definitely doesn't have blood inside the veins of his lips to make them red, okay? So, I mean, this white, white skin, these horrible Groucho Marx eyebrows, this, you know, 2000s hair. And then just these, I mean, he really, he looks good. If you were looking at him as like a makeup tutorial guy, like if he was like, I can show you how to just look like just a little bit more fresh when you go into high school. Totally. But as like, a, like a, like heteronormative, you know, no, like, he's not hitting any of it. None of it. I remember reading at some point he was kind of insecure about this role. He, like, wasn't buff. Has to take his shirt off in the next one. He doesn't want to. Or maybe in this one. I don't know. Whatever. Which I think is fine. I'm not I'm not a muscle person. It's just fine if you have them. I'll touch him. Yeah, my mom. But also, I like him scrawny. I like him in the middle. I like people. Let's all have sex. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, um, he says, I'm just trying to figure you out. Now, remember, he's interested in her because unlike every other person in the world, he does not have insight into how uninteresting she is. Oh, she's noticed his eye color change. This is another thing I, I really fell for in the books because, um, the person I was with, I dated him like nine years. We were really tight. (laughs) And he also had these, like, honey brown eyes. I mean, it's a very bizarre color. When I tell you they're, like, dark yellow, that's it. I mean, they're not hazel. There's no, they're not brown, they're not green, they're dark yellow. And uh, so I just always thought, like, I just thought, oh, that's kind of sweet, you know, because I'd never even heard of that or seen that anywhere else. But I guess that's his I'm-not-gonna-kill-you-because-I've-hunted-recently golden eye Alright, he's just saved her from the impact of this car. Oh, now they're exchanging the look in the trailer and on all the stuff. See, this is good. They've got chemistry right there in that moment. That was good. That really shows you how much the angle can do. They also both look young in that image, which helps. Like, she's supposed to be, like, you know, kind of innocent and vulnerable. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, it is weird how there's an entire crowd around Bella. The driver of the car is actually bleeding from his head. And people are just, like, chastising him. And he's like, oh, I'm fucking, I'm so sorry. I'm, I really tried to stop her. I'm so sorry. And she is not injured in the slightest. And people are freaking out about her. It's like when I got an injury in Egypt, actually. I was so mad because, you know. I mean, I did have a head wound. It was severe. But I mean, there's people with like arms off and stuff and they just rushed me past all of the locals because I was a white girl and they're probably afraid I was going to sue the shit out of them or something. But I hate it. I was like, I will wait, (laughs) you know, and they were like, ma'am, we will make the decisions about who is triaged. And I was like, okay, but I, I do feel bad about it though. All right. So here we get Dr. Carlisle Cullen, vampire MD. Super interesting stuff. Would love to read about his exploits. He's much more interesting than this, like, 94-year-old man who loves to go to high school over and over and over. And his, his, like, teenage victim. Alright, Charlie's got to go sign some paperwork. You should probably call your mom. Yeah, now managing the emotions of your parents is something that I am very familiar with. Again, probably why I related to Bella. I definitely have to manage the emotions of both of my parents. Neither of them would, I don't think, admit that. Which makes it worse, to be perfectly honest with you. And I suppose I could stop, but then I just wouldn't be able to have viable relationships with them. Okay, so now this is the gaslighting begins. I was standing right next to you, Bella. No, you were next to your car, across the lot. No, I wasn't. Laughs softly. That's the CCQ. Bella, you're... You hit your head. Ugh, I think you're confused. Just, I know what I saw. Hmm stop the fan you push it away with your hand well nobody's gonna believe you so and this is the thing about abusers is they pick these poor victims and they're like well nobody's gonna fucking believe you she's like I was not gonna tell anybody can you not make me think I'm crazy in my own mind when I'm no threat to you I'm honestly just trying to figure my own shit out but abusive people like that's all they know how to do and hey again he's probably like stunted at 17 forever I don't think he has the mentality of a 90 something year old that doesn't make any sense based on his actions oh god I thought he was in her room but it was just a freak out they psyched me out see that's good they should do stuff like that but he really was in her room but she thinks he wasn't so actually it is terrifying that was the first night I dreamt of Edward Cullen no bitch that was the first time Edward Cullen was standing there when you happened to wake up and he couldn't move fast enough that was the first night you noticed that Edward Cullen was trespassing in your home while you slept alrighty here we have Edward, Alice and what's Alice's Guy, Jasper. Uh, hmm. Oh God, this Mike guy's asking her to prom. Edward, that was a cute, did you guys see that crooked smile? I don't know if you're watching or not. Uh, What's his fucking name? Oh my God, what's this guy's name, you guys? <laughs> okay, anyway, Edward gave like a really crooked little smile when he knew Mike was going to ask her to the dance. And it was cute, but also it's not cute. Once you realize Mike is like a decent chap, who's being mocked by this, this guy who's reading his thoughts without his consent. Ugh, I can't help, but feel like I just hate, I hate watching this movie. I wish I could talk, <laughs> I wish I could talk about something more interesting, but I don't have anything interesting to say. So I might as well talk about something that's not interesting. All right. So, I think they're going to, like, a greenhouse. I don't know where they go. I think it's probably a biology class. It's got to be. Yeah, they're only about compost? What the fuck? And I feel that this is real. We didn't have any kind of training in environmental stuff when I lived in Washington all of my California schools had school gardens we all had you know certain recesses where we would go turn the compost or whatever and when I came to Washington we didn't have any of that we just don't have that much money here California schools like they're crowded but you get quality teachers and you get good funding and in Washington you pretty much get the locals who hung around and wanted to stay in high school. <laughs> I had a couple great teachers, but a couple of shitty ones and mostly middling and no funding. I mean, everything again, you can see why I related to Bella. Cause I was, I'm so condescending. I'm just like, I came to Washington and I already read all this stuff. And I'm like, they you think this is ninth grade material? I read this in like sixth grade, you know, but actually just, that's just how it works. Washington has tried different things with its education and it just fails because it doesn't incentivize the teachers well. It doesn't treat the teacher The teachers union is great. I mean, they have like great insurance and stuff, but you know, being a teacher is just something that you do if you're kind of an average person around here because they don't they don't draw in the brightest minds. If you happen to have a teacher in Washington who's one of the brightest minds, that's because they care. Like hardcore fucking care because God knows they are. I had teachers, you know, who had second and third and fourth jobs. (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry if I uh, jump from, you know, mid-sentence, I jump to a new topic. Sometimes the film catches my eye and I lose my train of thought. Uh, Bella's mom called again. She says, you shouldn't have told my mom about the almost accident. That makes me think of near miss. You guys ever wonder about the phrase near miss? There's a joke about that. I think it's George Carb... Is that how... Oh my god, you guys. I don't know why I can't think of anyone's name. I haven't been sleeping properly because of quarantine and stuff. But uh, he says, it's not a near miss. That's a near hit. It's like one of my all-time favorite jokes just because I... I like thought that I thought that thought before I ever heard that joke. You know, those are the classics. Okay. So one of those colons, the big stupid looking one, no offense, one looks like a dumb jock, uh, who would that be Emmett? Um, that actor went on to suck in more things. Uh, not that he was really given an opportunity to suck in these films. I'm sure he shone in his moments. But he was in M. Night Shyamalan's avatar. I'm pretty sure. I think he was Sokka. And I think he's like fucking at least 10 years too old to do that. The wrong everything. But I could be. I could be mixing that up. But I'm pretty sure. Ugh. I actually think that maybe if you didn't know anything about this movie and you took away the audio and you wrote different, just an entirely different plot to it. I think maybe it might, some of these looks might work better because there's some really subtle, very fine acting going on, but there's also the editors have chosen just some, some acting shots that are so over the top and terrible. Alright, so she's saying, oh, I thought I've considered kryptonite and radioactive spires. Which is totally legitimate because these vampires are way more like superheroes than actual vampires of any kind of, you know, literature that you've been familiar with them. Really the only thing they have in common with other vampires is they drink blood, right? And they are immortal. Or, you know, whatever we call. I think we just still call them immortal. Every immortal has some kind of Achilles heel thing, I guess. Alright. So here we are at the beach. Body surfers. No way. Not in a million years. I don't think I've ever I've been to Cannon Beach and James Rock. uh, I've been all over this place and I haven't ever seen anyone even in um, a dry suit, you know, which is what you want to use in cold water. I've still never seen anybody out on a, on a boogie board on shit. You'll see people on paddle boards on the lakes, you know, but I mean like the Northern Pacific ocean is not, you don't fucking get in it. (laughs) And I love, I'll always jump in the ocean, but it's not, it's not for fun. I mean, it's like a, you know, It's definitely, uh, to prove something. Okay. So Jacob's here. Uh, they're all talking about how the clones are freaks. I don't think that's how it was in the books. I think they were just like the standoffish, like they would be popular, but they're too good for anybody kind of a vibe. Jacob's like eating a Twizzler. I always love Twizzlers, and then <laughs> I watched this, one of those YouTube videos where it's, like, Asian people try American snacks, and, like, these little adorable young Asian girls ate some Twizzlers, and they were, like, what do I do with it? And they were, like, you bite it and chew it, and she, like, tried, and she was, like, is this plastic? Like, are you making fun of me? And they're, like, no, eat it, and she was, like, I, I think it's plastic, and I think you might be making fun, is, are you sure this is food? And she ate it, and she was, like, it barely tastes like food. It I think it's like wax or plastic and it literally I was like it did, it does. Oh my god. It's one of those things you just partake in and you just never realize that you don't even fucking care for it. It's your favorite among bad options of you know, certain movie theater candies back in the day. All right, so she's learning these made-up Quileute legends. So to get back a little bit they are dressed for the weather. They've got hoods with visors. They look decent. This is good. Um, before my lovely partner came in, not knowing I was recording, um, I was mentioning that on the Nibbler, the wonderful spinoff of the Quibbler podcast, um, Alex and Heather were talking about how, you know, Billy Black died of like preventable heart disease and how, um, there is a really accurate, but not poverty porn portrayal of like the struggles and glories of Pacific Northwest res life. I mean, you can definitely go to certain areas that are so ramshackle. Uh, my grandma is a housing coordinator for the Muckleshoots, which is a different Pacific Northwest tribe. And, um, there are people, some people are prideful. And even though the tribe funds are their funds, uh, you know, it's their money. Um, my grandma would like have to go to these people and like beg them. They'd have like no floor in their home. There'd be like, you know, old women who can barely move their bodies, um, stepping over big holes in their floor, you know, just cause they've never called in for maintenance. Uh, cause they just didn't want to be bothersome. And my grandma would have to be like, this is, you, you, you get good housing. Like this, the tribe demands this for you. Like this, you, this is yours. You already have this. We just have to give it to you. Um, and then, uh, there's other places where community is really tight, you know, and like everyone is doing well cause they have one another, but they have the similar problems as other Washington schools. They don't have proper funding. Um, all kinds of, you know, within corrections and disability rights, there's all sorts of issues the Duwamish tribe which is who we stole Seattle from the city of Seattle is their land they are not even nationally recognized so uh they don't even get they were paid like $60 a person for the city of Seattle that was in like the 1970s by the way that was not in you know the fucking 1820s you know in exchange for like the land and some beads or whatever white people like to tell themselves so There definitely is struggle on Res Life that is apparent, you know, even if you just visit. Uh, But that's true of everywhere, and it's also beautiful. And so that Stephanie Meyer uh, makes some huge mistakes because she takes an actual people with a culture, (laughs) with a history, with a tradition, and she makes up a made-up fucking, you know, story about them and makes them beasts you know, and not like, which is fine if that's their choice, but that's not, she chose, you know, uh, to like, fucking anthropomorphize them, or I guess it's like the opposite way. of <laughs> that. Anyway, the point is that she, it's hugely flawed, hugely flawed. However, just visibility is good as a disabled person, a person from an interracial family. This is my opinion, which is that even, um, if representation is imperfect, it's still good. I still want to see depictions of res life in pop culture. And I don't, you know, so this is good for that. And, and people, you know, you shouldn't have to want it. It should be available to you because it's a reflection of what's around you. And you're only being shown certain things that are around you, you know, when actually, uh, there should be more films and literature from native American, content creators and about native american characters but anyway that's true of everywhere in most of the world (laughs) you've got native people who are largely ignored and oppressed if there's even if they even have any territories left so moving on uh let's see what's going on here is this someone's store looks like they're in a store oh she's in the bookstore oh yeah they did fix this So, in the book, she, like, (laughs) goes to her favorite search engine and searches vampire. And in this one, she actually did a, a little better research. She went and researched The Cold Ones, Quileute Legend. Then she went to a local bookstore and bought a book. Now, she's fleeing an alleyway with some dudes chasing her. Again, very relatable. Something that... I just feel like if you read this uh, post-teenage girlhood, you'd be like, yep, that's, that's how it feels when a bunch of men happen to walk in the same direction as you for a while, you know, or whatever. Uh, let's see. So in a second, Edward's going to speed in. Oh, yep, there he is. And then his Volvo. And actually I do appreciate Stephanie Meyer for making Volvo's a sexy car, because let me tell you <laughs> when I was buying my first car at 16, I think actually I bought it at 15 before I could even drive it. Cause I was driving my car, like in driver's head, even though I couldn't even drive it on my own. But when I was buying my car, my dad wanted me to get a Volvo because they're basically a big metal cage. They're very safe. I think Subaru now has, like, equally high ratings than some other ones do, but at the time, Volvo was supreme, you know, as far as entry-level vehicles, and it still might be, I don't know, Uh, but you could not get me in a fucking, they're so boxy, they're so ugly, I hated it, I got a little Honda Civic HX, two-door, smushed that thing, ugh, parents, buy your children a big, ugly car to start. Okay. I bought my own car. It was a frame wrapped in tin foil. It almost got me killed. And actually the accident wasn't my fault in that case, but that's not typical. Usually accidents will be the teenager's fault. And You want your teenager to be in a big pickup truck like Bella's. It was basically welded together across like 18 days in like 1961. Okay, so here we are at the mushroom ravioli scene. I just remember thinking as a vegetarian, like, that's probably something I would have to eat if I was at some shitty Italian restaurant in Port Angeles because they'd only have one option that didn't, you know, you'd say, oh, can I just get the pasta but just with marinara? And they'd say, no, we put the meat in the sauce. It's in the pasta. It's in everything. So I'd wind up having to eat some nasty mushroom ravioli. And I'm pretty sure... Bella struggles to get food down sometimes. She doesn't seem to spend a lot of time remembering, you know, to keep her blood sugar level. So, she's probably not that interested in the ravioli, just like I wouldn't be. Yeah, it is... Okay, so they've got this really nice bokeh effect of these, like, little fairy lights in the background. That's good. Um... Oh, God. Doesn't he look fucking awful? He looks kind of like, um, maybe like a K pop star. Oh, you know, with like a horrible supernatural. <laughs> well, I guess he does have a horrible supernatural. Look. He looks kind of like a K pop star vampire. If they really did turn into like marble skin, the way Stephanie Meyer describes them. Because, you know, she doesn't actually have black vampires in her. Uh, stories. Oh wait, I think later on she does. Yeah, it's in the first one. Everyone has like pale, 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 pale skin. It's all you get. Um, so I guess like when I first read it, I just imagined that some of them were minorities and then they just became, you know, ghastly, like with the pallor of death, you know, like uh, but like vampire style. So it looks kind of like k poppy, but like that to me. But then I guess she did, I think she had, didn't she have like Amazonian ladies and chicks from all over in the, or folks from all over in the final one? I think so, which is, you know, good, cool, whatever. All right, let's see, they're talking. There's a lamp between them. It's very romantic and tense. Uh, we're looking around at Port Angelino's. Oh, he's saying money, sex, cat. That's what's on people's minds. Uh, I believe the cat thing I don't know about the others. I think he's being an essentialist. So as we've said, he can't hear her thoughts. I don't think I actually have mentioned this in the commentary track part necessarily. I think I just mentioned it when I was talking about their general dynamic. All right, I had to turn my fan on. It's getting kind of muggy in here. It must be all the, the teenage hormones sweating up the place. Alright, so let's see, where are we? Where are we? Um, I lost my sound. I put three AAA batteries in my microphone like an hour ago. Like an hour and a half ago or something. And they died. So that's a bummer. I gotta get a pack, battery pack rechargeable or something. Okay, so she, of course, um, typical young woman in society, he says, I read everyone's thoughts, I give no fucks to anyone's consent, but I can't Penetrate your mind, and she says, Why? What's wrong with me? Anyway, so that's great. And then he says, This whatever line I don't have the strength to resist you. And it's, I think, this is what they, I think, in the script, this would have been called like penetrating gaze, but again, it really reads constipated. So now they're in the car. I gotta stop thinking about like all the issues I have with the messages of this book and our story because I'm immediately like he's driving fast and she doesn't feel safe and they should figure that out but I've already recommended you to podcast the talk about all of these things I'm trying to fill up a little bit more of your time with something I don't know bullshit anecdote, anecdotes from my life or something that you can't get somewhere else I guess so let's see okay they've pulled into the police station I don't remember all of this much at all. She says, she asked Edward if he can pull in. Uh, I honestly don't remember. This has got to be in the book because I don't think they put a lot in that wasn't already in. This has got to be, but I don't remember or care. Somebody was found dead. Oh, the guy. Yeah, the guy that I called it a skirmish. I don't know why I was like. That word popped into my head because, because it was, they were like, looked like they were like kind of boxing or like squaring off. And it's like, wait, I thought these were apex predators. Don't they just, I don't think you can run from them that you're like, you know, I don't know how people run. I walk, what does it take? Like a, a half hour to walk a mile? What's my, I probably run like a 10 minute mile these days. So does someone run in an hour, like 10 miles? No, that would be six. Wow. Math. Uh, but time should work in hundreds, not sixties, just throwing that out there for all the autistics in the community. All right. So this is a great image. just like Bella and her dad, like lit in a little nook of his office and our camera is pulled way back behind the chairs and stuff. So we can see them in kind of a cozy infant intimate little like nest. He's worrying about her, about the locals, About being Sheriff Charlay. Um. Yeah. (laughs) It's hard to find stuff to say about this. Alright. He tells her he wants her to carry pepper spray, I guess. Is that what he's handing her? He's trying to hand her some kind of defensive weapon. It's gotta be pepper spray. Or, I guess, mace? I don't know the difference between those two things. I just lace my keys, like all vulnerable people <laughs> without resources no just kidding all right so i really like that shot i can see why they went back to it to end the scene just showing his desk all dark but his little desk lamp on It's very cozy but you know it also is sad because of the occasion that they're there is because of like you know fucking murder all right bella's having flashbacks to vampires or something I don't know, it's nonverbal. So I'm not sure why she's thinking of like Edward's hands on the wheel and like the Cullen family. It's going to have to I'm going to have to find out. Oh, I think she's just now getting it. Oh, my bad. Some she's just putting it together. Cold ones. All right. Now she's doing her Google search. I got ahead of myself there. But you yeah, know, cuz she went to the bookstore. So That, like, threw me off. I thought she'd already done this search. Egypt, India, Peru, Pacific Northwest. Oh, yeah. Those are, like, the traditional um, cradles of civilization. No offense to, you know, Pacific Northwest Indians because, obviously, y'all were doing shit better than America is doing shit, but I'm just saying it's not, like, classic when you think, like, of the mythologies that they, like, teach in school, like, you know ancient egypt and ancient hindu and all these things and it's like pacific northwest immortal it came up drank blood vampire i like that they just put the word oh and then here's her and him in like a noir scene she was dreaming little does she know she's having these dreams because he's like standing over her like a Okay, got it. There, everyone looks so blue. I mean, (sighs) these people—it's just impossible. I mean, you do get—if you go outside, you get color (laughs) for the most part, right? Like, everyone is not walking around with like a bluish purple tone to their skin around here. I promise. I wish they would have let Edward be normal color or maybe even like golden or something because having him be like silvery white in his overly powdered cheeks with his like berry lips is just too much. Oh, okay. They're cutting class and they're going off into the woods. I never did this. I was so scared to skip class. I don't know if I said already, but my dad's a drill sergeant in the army. So fuck me. Uh, so, but one time I skipped an assembly. And actually, I went to the tennis court and had my first kiss. Aww. So, your skin is pale white and ice cold. Your eyes change color. Everyone's eyes change color, Bella. That's how light works. Sometimes you speak like you're from a different time. That's how language works. You never eat or drink anything. That's how anorexia works. You don't go out in the sunlight. That's how agoraphobia works. I'm sorry. I'm being insensitive. I was just running with the gag. I hope nobody's incredibly offended. How old are you? Seventeen. How long have you been something? I knew she was going to say that. Uh, long time. A while, yeah. Same, same. Long time, while. Wow. Long time gone. All right. Let's just really focus on, like, the fog and the tree stumps and the moss growing on it and, like, the sword fern and the lady fern. She's like, say it. He's like, say it. Say it, say it, say it, say it. Say it. Out loud. I don't know. This is like, I think maybe more of that tension that leads to nowhere. Vampire. I want it to be spelled like with a Y, the way that they take this, they take themselves so seriously. I want it to be like vampire, you know, like on Buffy. My boyfriend is a huge Buffy fan. I was when I was a kid but I have only rewatched part of the series and I can't remember shit about shit ever unless it comes up at random. So if you're coming to me for Buffy like insider jokes, I won't get it. Actually, I disappoint all of my friends in that way all the time. For example, the Simpsons, my dad and I love that. Uh, it was like on my entire, it's been on my entire life, you know? So uh, we used to watch it and it was like, we were kind of like getting away. Cause it's kind of, you know, like race, you know, like a little bit adult, I guess. And, um, so I have friends who like The Simpsons. I don't think they feel the same emotional connection to The Simpsons that I do from just watching, like, literally every single episode with my dad and etc. But they can, like, riff back and forth with these jokes, and I'm just not. I cannot do it. I can quote you Harry Potter, and that's pretty much it. I tell you a shitload about the British royal family. About, like, beekeeping or painting or, like, ancient Rome. I don't know, random shit that I'm interested in. But I can't, like, I'm not great with, uh, like, I guess quotes and things. Anything I have to memorize. All right, he's sparkling. We're in full sparkle here. Sparkle, sparkle. She says, you're beautiful. Bella, that's nice. You're beautiful, too. This is the skin of a killer, Bella. I wonder if he, like, when he's, like, getting ready in the morning, he's, like, putting his hair gel and He's like, this is the hair of a killer, Edward. And he's, like, biting his lips to get a little bit of, like, v- blood slash venom, whatever. I don't know. Whatever pumps through his veins into his lips. And he's like, these are the lips of a killer. Puts on his jacket. These are the arms of a killer. I'm the world's most dangerous predator. Everything about me invites you in. My voice, my face, even my smell. Remember smell? Smell's been a big thing this whole time. Um. So. And then he whooshes her away. It said whoosh. Oh, whooshing. We got more whooshing. As if you could fight me off. It was actually too dark for me to see. But I think he just like. He threw a tree at a tree. Yeah, it was just like a power move. This. uh, I gotta find something asinine to talk about again, because, again, I just want to talk about how this is, they're, they're both so stupid, because they're telling each other, you know, he's like, you don't even like me, you're just attracted to me because of evolution, and she's like, ah, maybe, but I can't tell the difference, and he's like, hmm, alright, maybe it's love then, and it's like, you guys, no it's not, okay, whoosh oh we got another whoosh i think there's gonna be a lot of whooshing whenever edward's free i mean which is what we want he should be free that's why he goes to alaska or wherever he goes do we know how he goes to rio is rio real close to a bunch of forests and shit he can run around in i'm not real familiar i actually haven't been to south america you guys i have been to 44 countries and not a single one on the continent of south america which i would fucking love to go to so much One of my favorite Spanish teachers was from, from Chile. Why did you hate me so much when you met? Ugh. God. Okay. I I can't with these teenagers, but let's think. Okay. So he's, I've seen this image before too. He's like up on the tree and she's below. Then she kind of like reaches up through the branches and they come face to face, which then is like overstimulates him. and He's like, I gotta, I gotta turn away. I can't do it. I can't do it. He's so used to reading people's minds. I mean, like you can understand him, his dilemma. He's not used to this. I mean, as an autistic person, this to me is like, he's suddenly become autistic when he's used to being neurotypical his whole life or something. Does it, you got to work with me here? But like, you know, people have a lot of things that go unspoken and they're just supposed to understand each other. And that is not evident always to people who are autistic And so, you know, it's like, you know, you interact with someone, if you don't know them, it's like, oh god, I can't read your mind, I don't know how to act, I don't know how to be normal, because I don't know who you are, so I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Okay, so the lion fell in love with the lamb. He's very poetic, as we know, he loves um, all of the really niche, um, hip, like, esoteric things you've never heard of, like Romeo and Juliet, and Clair de Lune another beautiful pan up through the canopy of the British Columbian wilderness which is similar to the Pacific Northwest wilderness but not the same okay now they're in this meadow this famous meadow is this it I don't know if this is the scene because they do a lot of meadow scenes throughout these books and movies and they all run together But one of these inspired Stephanie Meyer's entire, uh, Twilight journey. She like woke up, you know, like sat straight up out of having been in like the most realistic, like out of body experience she'd ever experienced where she felt she was really tangibly in her dream. And it was like this glittery man in this meadow. Uh, don't fact check me out. This is all like 15 year old information that I'm remembering from like the entertainment weekly article from right before the first movie came out. Okay. So do your own research. Okay. Uh, sweeping back away from the meadow. We see them lying in the grass. It's very pretty. I mean, you cannot deny that the images are spectacular That's why so many places film in British Columbia is because anywhere along the Pacific Northwest is stunning, but fuck those other places come to actual Washington people, please come to actual Washington. We have all four of the types of climate you can have. I can't remember what they all are because I'm stupid, but I remember that factoid. It's like high desert, rainforest, coastal, and something. Okay. I don't know what it is, but those are basically like the continental United States has those four and we've got them all in the state of Washington. We're the only place in the whole world like that. I mean, it's just incredible, but actually stay the hell away. We don't want you fucking Californians coming up all the time. LOL. That's me. So, but they really, uh, don't want to film in Washington. So factoid I worked at Washington State University of Vancouver when, okay, let's, okay, there are a couple now. Let's just check in on the film. There are a couple now. Edward's got sunglasses on. No one can believe that someone finally thawed out, like, the ice king of the high school, and, uh, and then it was just this little Arizona bumpkin, uh, fulfilling the dreams of all girls everywhere, and his family looks on with, like, mixed disapproval and I don't know other feelings. So when I worked at W C Vancouver, I had been working there like maybe two years and suddenly the 50 shades of gray series came out and that, I don't think it's set at the school at any point. I think it's just in the very beginning, but I think that because it opens there, um, it was, like, impactful to people. So Fifty Shades of Grey, as you might know, is, like, a spinoff. Edwards, hold on, Edwards describing dying. He says it fucking sucks. Being bitten and having venom in you is the fucking worst. He hated it. He wanted to die so bad, but he just didn't die. He just went on in agony forever. And then he went into a frenzy where he just wanted to murder everything. So that's great. Thanks, Carlisle. Okay, so Fifty Shades of Grey, you know, was like, I think began as a fan fiction of someone uh, who was into Twilight, right? So, but it just so happened, it's so funny, because Stephanie Meyer never came to the Pacific Northwest. She didn't know shit about it, and neither did this British lady. I think E.L. James, Um, I always thought that was so weird, because, like, my parents' names put into one name. But anyway, uh, so, she placed this character, uh, at our school and I never read them. So again, please don't fact check me on this. I might say stuff and you'll be like, that's not true. That's not what happened, but I don't know. So whatever. But, um, they considered filming at this, at our school when they went to do the movie, because we had had like 500% over year over year increase, which was actually bad. We were, um, not the main school. We were a little satellite school for working adults. I was actually still baccalaureate college age, you know, uh, my late teens, early twenties, but I preferred going to the adult school. I transferred there because the people were working. So they took their shit seriously. It's like they were already tired from doing a job all day. So when they got to class, they like listened and they didn't waste their time and they're paying for it out of their pocket. So I preferred working with adults and, um, So it was just a little satellite school and we didn't have, we don't have dorms. We don't have a gymnasium. We don't have anything that you would expect from an undergraduate experience because that's not what it was for. It was for working adults, like people in Portland, you know, who are already like software engineers, you know, and they wanted like to get a different focus, you know, or something like that. So anyway, it was just total, it was pandemonium at our school. Like we just couldn't fit. It was a school with like 2,000 people, and suddenly it got like 20,000 applicants a year or something. And people calling wanting tours. Hundreds of people. When we're just used to having some local kids, you know, who are graduating from community college and want to see the local tiny school. Okay. So I was uh, the (laughs) director of public relations, which basically meant I was caught off guard like an idiot with my pants down. When I started getting calls saying, you know, like, what about your school from these books? And I was like, what the? F-? I've never, I have no idea what's going on. What? So eventually, after all of that interest was generated, we did get the film crew on. Uh, like, they came and they, like, I don't know what you call it, canvassed the campus, you know, to, like, see if it was feasible for them to shoot there, which they should have. I don't even know if there are scenes there. I literally, I'm, so again, don't. You don't have my email. <laughs> you can't email me. And but anyway, don't if you ever get it <laughs> or get a hold of me, don't let me know about the details of Fifty Shades of Grey because I don't fucking care. But uh, they came and looked at the campus, which has if you stand in the middle, uh, basically like what would be considered the quad in a traditional campus, um, you can see like volcanoes and mountains and vistas in like every direction. It's on the top of a little hill, little campus on a hill looking out over just this majesty of southwest Washington and uh northwest Oregon. It's fucking phenomenal. It's so beautiful. But it just wasn't feasible for them. We don't have any tax incentives. Our government's stupid. <laughs> okay. So we were just like no, but I don't really mean that because I don't know. They can fuck off. So but we did wind up uh giving them a bunch of our flags. So I don't know for sure. But I've been told that if you watch the first Fifty Shades of Grey film. Oh shit, they're at his parents' house. I'm sorry you guys, I'm talking so much. This is the kind of podcast I love though is when someone just fucking talks and I just zone out and I'm like, oh my god, I know so much about this person and they don't even know I exist. But anyway, I heard that if you watch the first Fifty Shades of Grey movie, you will see WSU Vancouver school flags, like on the lampposts, like we have at our school, kind of pretending to be the school. But I don't know. That could be false. They could have just never put it in there. I didn't check. Again, probably a reason I don't work there anymore. But okay, so he's, they're at their house, uh, they're cooking. Oh yeah. I remember sister breaks a plate here. The mom goes, Bella, we're cooking Italiana in a second. They're watching it on the Food Network. I didn't mean to call him at a meathead. Sorry if you're like a friend of his and you ever let him know. Don't. That's rude. Tell him I thought he was spectacular. Look at, look at him chopping shit. He's adorable. Don't pass on rude information. Terrible. But then, of course, Bella is super fucking rude. Um, this is something I'm sensitive to as an autistic person who is essentially not allowed to be autistic in my family. You just had to learn better as best as you could with cues, which basically means if someone is making you food, you, you just say, thank you. And you like, sit down and accept it. Like the idea of her saying, Oh, I like, we already ate," or like, I'm not hungry. Even if she did that to be considerate, like she was trying not to eat cause she didn't think they were going to feed her. Then you just avert, co- like you just change course. And you're just like, Oh, you are trying to feed me. Okay. In that case, It is socially correct for me to accept your food because it is your labor of love. Okay, so the family, uh, Rosalie's bitching about, you know, Bella being around. And, uh, and I'm on Rosalie's side. I think some smart people have pointed that out before that, like, Rosalie is the champion in this tale I mean, I don't want people to stop... I don't want to stop people from becoming demons if they want to. That's awesome. Be a demon. Or whatever. Maybe you're not a demon. Like Edward, I don't know. I don't know about your soul. That's not my business. But... Uh, but if someone... If your boyfriend... You know, to, if to be with him you have to be killed... Then maybe the, the young woman who's not a young woman, but maybe the person who doesn't want you to be killed isn't just, like, a shithead who doesn't want you to get what you want. That's a very teenage perspective, right? Like, thinking that people just don't want you to get what you want because they just fucking suck. When, like, actually you're trying to get yourself killed and they're just, like, trying to get you to slow your roll. Oh, graduation caps. I was going to say, what is this? fucking hideous artwork Uh, it doesn't make sense repeating high school over and over Uh, the younger we start out in a place the longer we can stay there great, so what you do is you move to a town, you don't meet anyone, Carlisle says you know, I've got a seven year old my wife is homeschooling And then after a few years of you just being around as like uncle Jim, you grow up into Edward. (laughs) Like these people are not very sophisticated at like, how could you possibly bear to go to high school over and over? Listen, I would love to mold young minds. Okay. I don't think it's what, I don't think it's what I was put on this earth to do, but some people have told me that it is. So I don't know, but that's not what I'm doing. Okay, and the reason is because I could not be, like, and I had an enjoyable experience in my school, so my very, my many schools, I was pretty chill, so, but I could not do it again, I could not stay there, it would be so disorienting to see, like, your age gap lengthening between children and yourself, that would dress me out. I'm like, Bella, I'd be like, I'm gonna old. Somebody kill me before I get old. So, that's my ableism coming out, right? Better, Better to be dead than, like, slightly impaired by the privilege of age. Okay. Slow dancing in his room. I could not if these glass homes are so beautiful. I couldn't do it though. I'm such a I'm such I'm a, such a Hufflepuff. Like I would be, I want to be almost underground. <laughs> like not not Slytherin underground. Like I don't want to be like under the lake and there's just the only light that comes through is like through the water and there's no air anywhere. But if I'm like two thirds underground, that'd be that's all right. I'm just a homebody. I should have been a Taurus too. My moon is in Taurus. This is all just nonsense, but I like it. It's a fun way to talk to people. Again, more autism factoids. Even if you don't believe in this stuff or whatever, you find like ways to communicate with people. When I find people and they don't know anything about Harry Potter, I'm like, oh god, how am I gonna make you understand <laughs> so many things that I? That's the only way I know how to explain them. So I do use astrology for stuff like that because it just helps you just pick whatever you want and then people are like, "Oh yeah, big, yeah, yeah." Whereas if you just talk about yourself for no reason without a system, it freaks people out. <laughs> they're like, "This is too intimate for me. I don't want to know these things about you. Who are you anyway?" All right, they're at the top of a tree. This is the best. This is this would be cool. I would like to be bounced up to the top of a a big old tree, a big old evergreen. And I can kind of like climb around and struggle and have fun. And if I fall, I'm going to be safe. Yeah. I mean, I can't get into, I can't get into like how society is like, oh, isn't it a nice warm feeling to think of someone's saving you like, and you can just be fucking useless. And if you fall, they get you and you don't even have to be responsible for yourself. Isn't that a nice feeling? And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, that's how codependence happens. So watch out for that feeling. You need to struggle and try to be yourself as much as it sucks. Okay. Someone's playing the piano. Oh, it's Edward. Of course it is. Like what? Who else would it be? I was like, I was saying earlier about when I don't recognize the main character, I'm like, who's this doing that? Well, who the fuck else is it going to be? It's fucking Edward and Bella. She's watching him play a little music. This week, uh, I heard Vanessa Zoltan do the episode, I think on the Cullens where he plays Bella's lullaby. And Vanessa was like, that is a word to put children to sleep. That is for babies that is not what you call your, like, love ballad to your woman, (laughs) you know, and I was like, that's so true, fucking A, but again, some, it's okay, if you have, like, if you want to be, like, fetishized as a baby, that's okay with me, I don't care, but let's not, like, teach every girl in America that that's the dream, therein lies the problem, okay, so Mike's telling Bella he doesn't like her and Edward. Edward looks at you like you're something to eat. And I think we're supposed to take away that Mike is being like a little bit of a controlling douchebag, but again, people have instincts. <laughs> so just because Bella is submitting to being like stalked and preyed upon and ultimately killed does not mean that her family and friends and loved ones are wrong. To sense that and to feel threatened on her behalf. That is correct. Okay. Uh, Kitsap County Sheriff is going to take over from here. Oh, that's the county right over from my high school. All right. Kitsap County. Again, back to volleyball. I sucked so bad. I wish those things were hereditary. My family are so talented in sports. I got their brains, thank God, but, uh, I'm just passable in sports. made me play a season, a sport every season. Anyway, I guess just to keep me from being fat, which was a losing battle. (laughs) Um, like, I'm not like a very large person, but I have a tiny frame and a lot of fat on it. So, and that's, I love it. I'm fine with me. So my parents run me ragged for nothing. Uh, Charlie says he leaves Bella alone too much. Maybe she should get some fucking friends. She says, no, she's kind of, uh, an introvert. And he says, yeah, well, all right. Can't, can't argue with that. Bella says, how's baseball stuff going? I thought actually she was talking to Edward for a second. I was like, Bella, shouldn't you be at the baseball game? I swear you're at the baseball game, but she's talking to her mom whose husband is a minor league player. Uh, she says she's really liking Forks. It's growing on her. And her mom is like, so there's a dick involved because you don't you don't care about anything. <laughs> and Bella's like, don't stereotype me like you when you, you know, married as a teenager right here in Forks, uh, blah, 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 right out of high school. I'm not going to do that, okay? which is why she later struggles to reconcile that. That's exactly what she wants to do. Edward's in her bedroom. How'd you get in the window? Do you do that a lot? Well, just the past couple of months. And she looks at him like he, and he says, I like watching you sleep. And she looks at him like he said, I like eating pussy. Like she, she's literally looking at him like she's so like drunk and intoxicated. And he's saying, I didn't, I don't knock, I come in whenever I want, I watch you sleep, there's nothing you can do about it, if I was here, you'd never know, and I think he just said, I don't know, I don't know. you guys, I can't, I can't, I can't fight the Twilight battle, that's not what I'm here to do, alright, let's, let's try to get this a little bit more positive, this is, this is something for get you to to have something going in the background of your quarantine alright, gasps softly these are some great stage directions here I'm such a cynic, I hate young love I'm just like, ew, gross, barf, but not really, good for them I think that is part of what's hard about getting old. I'm glad I don't have kids because I think I would be like a really shitty protective person and be like, you need to be emotionally ready and you're not. And like, maybe that's true, but also like teenagers want to get it on. They've got the strongest hormones of like anybody in the world. So why are we trying to like, you know, deny them that experience just because they could wind up like heartbroken and pregnant. Who cares? Okay. Okay. And now he's being mopey, gloomy, Edward. Oh, you're too hot and you smell too good. I'm going to kill you. I can't. Oh, yeah, he looks good here. See the shadow. It's when they make him look bright white. You know, like when he literally looks like he has bleached his skin. Ugh. When I was a teenager, I totally wanted to like platonically lay, lie down beside my partner. Like, I think a lot of teenagers would do that if given the option. Like, I don't think there always has to be heavy petting involved. I think they just want to be close, you know, like they've never had love like that, that wasn't like their parents or something, you know, and they just want to like be connected to this person and they can't, they can only see them like basically like supervised and at these random times. Oh, Charlie's drinking Rainiers. Now that's a man after my own heart. Rainier beer, classic. Rainier and Olympia, two good, uh, as they call it, piss water beers. Uh, some there's some joke about them, you know, about like the water con. I don't know. It's basically it's just water. <laughs> but I like it. I love Rainier, and I love Olympic. And- is it Olympic or Olympia? Whichever one it is. And, uh, also they make great shandies. So if you don't like piss water, mix it with some sparkling lemonade. Why don't you? Shotgun. Yeah, we get it. My dad was a shotgun dad too. That's not good. Just gave me hangups and have sex. Till I was in my twenties and I totally could have, I was literally like living with my partner before I was comfortable having sex. We'd been, like, been on vacation. We'd done everything. But I couldn't... I was too, like, uh, ah, but what if... I don't know. It just feels weird. Because of my dad. And it was not to do with, like, faith or personal mor- morality or... You know, and I am I was probably emotionally mature enough several times over, but I just couldn't get over it because I had fucking psycho dad makes you feel like you're his property or something. I don't know. It's weird. And I didn't actively think that. Like, I have a healthy, you know, relatively healthy, normal relationship with my dad. He's a nice guy. But it's just that, like, military Americana macho bullshit fucks you up. And then those kind of girls, like me, with those kinds of dads, uh, if they can't get over that, they wind up with people way worse than their dad. Like, some of the same traits like, the controlling, but, like, bad. Not good. Alright, okay, here we are. Baseball. Uh, hmm. Bella's gonna be the ump. Which, oh, supermassive black hole. I used that in a video game I made one time for a class in college and I got in an argument with my colleague who was like, we can't use that. And I was like, we sure as fuck can. It's the fucking, I think at the time it was like the millennial whatever act. I don't know. It's changed since then, but it's basically fair use. I'm using it for educational purposes to build something educational. I'm not making a profit from it. I'm absolutely going to use it. Muse can call me. (laughs) If your lawyers can call me, I'll take it down, but it's still up. Whatever. 10 years ago. Okay. Rosalie's out. Bella, you are not winning yourself. Any friends. Ugh, dear God. Now I know it's so hard for my podcast people I'm a fan of to, like, make the content sometimes. It takes you so fucking long. When you just sit there and listen to it, you're like, oh, is it already over? Was it only two and a half hours of them talking about inane bullshit but when you're doing it (laughs) it is pretty exhausting actually I don't talk a lot I'm a huge introvert I I think at this speed at least all the time I'm always thinking about myself and my life and my own shit I'm very egotistical so this is normal stream of consciousness shit for me but I'm not used to saying it out loud my monkey man Rosalie called Emmett what a weird Some of these things are so weird that they choose these slow-mo frames, Alice having the vision, like split seconds before they arrive. All of that got huge laughs. Oh, these angles. I just can't handle these. Is that the Dutch angle when it's at like all these 45 degree, I can't tell. They're mixing so much. They're coming up from the ground. They're coming in at a 45 degree. Cook, they're they're doing all kinds of stuff. Okay, Edward's I th- I think that might be stupid. He he's trying to make her smell less. So he says, take your hair down. So what I'm thinking is if all vampires need to wash their hair which I don't see why they would because they shouldn't have sebum. So does it grow if they wash it? Does it just eventually turn into frizz? Cause there's no oil to replenish it. I don't know, but I suppose if all vampires use shampoo, let's just roll with this. All right. Now we got the three baddies talking to the, to our Cullens, Laurent, Victoria, and James. So if they use shampoo, then maybe Bella taking her hair down makes sense. Okay. Make you smell more like a generic product, cover your vein in your throat that they're going to be smelling. So maybe I can see that, but just in general, don't you like take your hair down when you want to like have a fresh burst of the smell of yourself. That's what happens to me when I take my hair down, especially if it's damp, like they're playing, you know, in the rain, she added up in a Baseball cap, so it would have gotten a little sweaty. Uh, diplomacy is always awkward among, like, <laughs> like they're not criminals, but I mean, like, I don't know what you want to. What's like the word? They're not. Uh, I can't think of a word for it, but and I don't want to call them outsiders, but you know, like people who are on the fringes, who are vulnerable, or who are acting differently than most of society, it creates, like, you'd wish that you could band together, but it, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem to work that way. You know, everyone's suspicious of each other. All right, we're getting some real looks between James and Edward. I remember a bit of this, because I did only see this, like, I think two years ago. So he's, and I read, oh, I didn't finish. <laughs> I didn't finish it. But I read that reversey uh, life and death the reversey-worsey book of where Stephanie Meyer, again, thinking that gender is a binary, thinks she can just, like, swap them all. Except Charlie. She Charlie and Renee. I guess she just really wanted an irresponsible mom. She couldn't contemplate, like, a police chief mom, I guess? I'm not sure. Uh, So this is, I guess, when Laurent, no, not Laurent, Uh, James hatches his plan to get Bella so do you think at this point any of you who actually know about this stuff do you think that already he has that twist in mind where he's like I'm not even I don't fucking care about Bella I actually wanted to see if I could beat you Edward like cause I'm just wanna take down people that are difficult I don't know So, do you think he hatched that all at that whole time? Or was it first like a Bella thing, and then did it go off later? Uh, Ripping the vampires apart, and then tearing them to pieces is pretty good. Taking the ferry to Vancouver... Is not. He makes that sound like he's getting her off on to an island or something. He would, if he wanted that, he'd put her on an island to Victoria. Uh, because that's somewhere you can take a direct ferry from Washington State to an island in Canada. Uh, you can't take a ferry, I don't think, to Vancouver Island. You take it to Vancouver, BC, which you can also just drive to. So, like, if Bella got on the ferry to get to Vancouver, BC. James and Victoria could just, like, run their asses after... Actually, they can run through water, too. I remember reading about that in one of them. They just... I'm pretty sure they just, like, swim forever. So... I'm not sure what his plan was with that at all. Oh, I can't do this part where she tells her dad she fucking hates him. And that all of this is bullshit and she doesn't want meatloaf at the diner anymore and whatever. Okay, Charlie's being a good dad, kind of. He says, did he hurt you? She says, no says do you break up with you or something? He's being I mean that's good. He's being concerned. He wasn't putting too much pressure on any direction or the other. She says, I don't want this. I have to go home. So that's automatically a burn. Home? He says your mom's not even in Phoenix. Okay, now I'm just literally reciting Toilet to you. Uh what do I what's what can we talk about about this? there's nothing you guys there's nothing I don't know I just hate it I just hate this it's so heartbreaking this is actually probably I think the emotional kernel of the whole movie is oh this is really sad watch baseball on the flat screen eat at the diner every night steak and cobbler is really sad she basically you know condemns his whole life I don't think any I'm 100% positive that James didn't need to overhear that to convince himself that she was going to Phoenix. She could have said anything to her dad. And he would have been like, she could have been like, yeah, Edward is a bad guy. And I'm going home to my mom. And James would have been like, well, she's just saying that. But she is going home to her mom. It's the same effect. So I don't know why... Edward and Bella convinced themselves that they had to say a bunch of shitheady things to Charlie. Ugh. Edward just showed up out of her window like fucking lost boys or something. Scared the shit out of me. I was like, why is Bella driving? Bella's never allowed to drive herself anywhere and then yeah, he shows up in the window right as I was thinking that and takes comes in the car and takes over the wheel. I had to tell her the same, I had to tell him the same things mom said when she was leaving him. It's the only way he'd let you go. That's not fucking true. That's so much less likely. I mean, I don't know, maybe Charlie's like someone that Stephanie Meyer knew, but any of my father figures, if you have an emotional outburst like that, where you have like a meltdown and you're like, you know, like if you tell them like, I'm going because I have these good reasons and I'm going and I need to go, you got to chance at least like under these circumstances with Bella not my dad he'd be like what the fuck are you talking about but if you just come in and you're like I'm leaving because I fucking hate you and all this is bullshit and this is fucking sucks and I'm out of here your dad would be like okay you're a you're a teenager you're enrolled in school uh you're none of none of this is happening none of this is happening okay so Laurent is here Oh God. These angles are so awful. It's uh, we have to remember this was like 11 years ago, but still, I mean just every single image, if they're not in the forest, you are not getting like a right angle on your image. It's going to be crooked. I don't know. I don't think that adds to the tension or the atmosphere of the film. I don't, I think it just makes me carsick. I also hated the first Hunger Games for that movie, or for that reason, my family all, like my grandma even, who was like in her 70s, we all waited in line at the Seattle Center to see it on the like eNormo IMAX, the like 800 foot IMAX or whatever that's got like a stadium Uh, on opening night because we had all read it and I had like given the audiobooks to my grandmother and my aunt so we could all enjoy it together and stuff. And so we all went, my boyfriend, my grandma, my aunt, my uncle, a bunch of people, and we waited for hours. We got in and I was so fucking sick. When I tell you by the time they were on that cornucopia rolling around, I, my eyes were shut. I was like, I can't do this. This is, who thought this was okay? All right. If anything happens, I swear to God, she says, he says, there's seven of us. There's two of them. This should all work out. Now. How do they figure that? Why don't they just surround Bella? Why doesn't Bella go back to Casa de Cullen and they just set up a guard? Like they all they have to do this elaborate plan. I guess that's not as exciting. Uh uh. Hey mom, it's me again. You must let your phone die or something. I know you're really irresponsible. Uh, all right, let's see. So here's part of the plan. The Cullens are running around. Rosalie's wearing, I'm like falling asleep. This movie's so boring. You guys, thank you for sticking with me. If you have unlikely. Okay. So Rosalie's wearing Bella's jacket. She's going around like marking up trees and stuff to try to confuse this guy but I'm pretty sure that in like five minutes he comes right back through and he smells it. And he's like, yeah, that's a no. Yep. That's actually already happening right now. He comes to the tree. He goes, Oh, I think, yep. That's the trail. Nope. That's not the trail. Oh, nope. That is the trail. Okay. So they've still got him on the hook right now, but it doesn't last. He gets to like the exact tree that Rosalie rubbed, I swear. And he's like, well, doesn't smell right. And he turns around. Okay at a hotel in Phoenix. I'm gonna let's think about how long it would take to get to Phoenix. I want to say it's gonna take you if you're driving from Seattle to Los Angeles and you don't stop because you're a vampire. Keeping in mind they don't have base speed limits, but let's just employ speed limits because I've never driven like a vampire. So that's gonna take you about 18 hours non stop. So maybe if you cut. I don't know if you, like, cut across through Idaho and Nevada or... Wait. Yeah. Uh... And you're driving, however, hundreds of miles an hour, maybe. You can get there really hella fast. But it didn't look like they were driving fast. It looked like they were driving regular speeds. Alright, Bella. We're getting to some climaxy things here. Thank God, you guys. We're finally gonna get the big allegory for them. Kind... They, like... I think that... I think it's an allegory for getting to... For pulling out, like I think that's what I think we're supposed to understand is what's happening here, is like he wants to keep going, but he has to stop at the last second because otherwise he's endangering her. So I don't even know if this is about abstinence. I think this might just be about um, really shitty, like conservative Christian ineffective methods of birth control. Hold on. Okay, so this is the rec- the fake recording of the mom. Bella's so stupid. I mean, I mean she's under stress. Okay, let's I'll give her I'll give her credit, but to be perfectly fucking frank, like you can't tell a recording of your mother from your actual mother. Maybe that's true. I know some people. I know some people talk to answering machines before they realize they're answering machines, but I don't. I don't think I could do that. I think I would tell the difference in the voice. Uh He's telling Bella, "You gotta come, but come alone. No cops." Uh, All righty. Mm-hmm. So she thinks he's got her mom held hostage. So she's being quite brave to do this, especially because her prime directive is to live long enough to become a vampire and be with Edward forever. So the fact that she is considering dying because of her mom. Oh yeah. And here we are back to this. I never considered dying, but dying in the place of someone I love seemed like a good way to go. That is probably the most we learn about Bella's moral compass as, as goes toward like lawful good in like this entire series, she is very, to say she is ambivalent, you know, like pulled in two directions about good and evil would be incorrect. She's down. She's down. She thinks multiple times, like, uh, I might kill people. People I love might have killed people. Oh, well, you know, like love's crazy. Okay, so she's being very brave here. She is sacrificing herself to the best of her knowledge. This is her death. Like, what's she going to do? Fuck all. Okay, so she's coming here to her death. Still can't realize her mom is recording, even though her mom has only said, Bella, 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 Bella. Uh, And she's saying it in the tone that because she's speaking to, like, a six-year-old Bella. Okay, so she is saying, Bella, 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 the way you say to a six-year-old. Okay. And I guess Bella's so used to hearing her name spoken so often by so many people speaking to her in the tone as though she were a six year old that she can't tell the difference. Uh James says he's here, he says you're a stubborn child, weren't you? Mmm. I mean, I guess I don't know that I don't know how he got that from anything. Uh Oh no, I didn't remember this. He's going to make like a snuff film of him. Killing her It was terrible. That makes it so much like yuckier to me somehow. I don't know. It's just like, Oh God, at her, like at her most vulnerable. And he's fucking. Ugh. Okay. So here's where we find out that James actually just wanted to fight Edward, I guess. He says, after I kill you, his rage is going to be so much more fun to fight than whatever pathetic attempt at saving you would have been. Okay, so Bella tries to run away, at which point James leaps up in the air like a vampire and then descends upon her, which is how the vampire fight in the beginning with the human should have gone. There should have been, like, flying and supernatural speeds. But they wasn't. They just chased him down and, like, squared off with him. Whatever. Alright, so he's saying this is kind of Edward's fault because he could have turned to you and then maybe he would have stood a chance against me. But he didn't. He just kept you a little human pet. Whoop. He, I think, broke her arm. Okay, so she is being very brave here. I mean, honestly, who could... Who people can't stand up to torture. We'd all like to, but um, that's what makes it torture. You mostly can't. So he tortured this young woman. He fucking broke, like snapped her bone and said, repeat after me. And she said, fuck you, which is pretty fucking gutsy for, you know, Bella, who is, who is, you know, a little bit lily livered toast. Alright, so Edward's apologizing and they're kissing, which was obviously the wrong choice because then as he tries to save Bella, he is now late and James catches him. Vampire fight, um I don't know if I mentioned this, but Laurent was like, James is he's pretty much a fucking badass you guys, I'm 300 and he's like nothing else so watch your back. He comes back into play in the next movie. Oh, Bella's been bitten. Oh, shit. That's a nasty bite, too. Okay, vampire fight. Flying around It's just not scary. Surely they had... Ah, I mean, I don't want to shit on... You know, this was somebody's job. But I feel they did it. I feel they did it poorly which you can't know I mean you can storyboard and you can whatever but you only get you know, I mean you build your shit you have your plan and you execute it and then that's what's in the can you've got is what you got so I mean ugh. but I feel the fight is not not that great they're just flying around it's kind of like what we do in the shadows <laughs> they just like <sighs> and then they, like put the, their arms on each other's shoulders and fly around Okay, so all the colons are here. Uh, Alice is like, we gotta... Some of us gotta go here. Some of us don't have preternatural self-control. I think this is the only time we see Alice slip up too much. Okay, so Bella's being... She's dying. Uh, And the vampires are ripping apart and burning the guy... Oh, I guess Alice is okay with the blood. She was just mentioning it because I guess she didn't think that the patient's boyfriend and doctor would notice. Uh, oh, you guys I've been watching this on this iPad, and it's like, I don't. It's like an arm's length away from my face, but I still feel. Like a little kid that was sitting too close to the TV. Uh, I'm in, uh, I'm in like a mind, I'm in like a numb state of mind from all this shit. Okay, I'm going to make it go away, Bella, Edward says. This is really hard for him, we're supposed to understand, right, because he could lose her two ways, by not doing it right, or by going overboard, uh, but hopefully... He's going to suck out just the right amount of venom, like, like, so you guys can't see it, but I think, Oh, no, nope, he's gone too far. Carlyle told him to stop, but he can't Carlyle's nest and stopped stop like three times. As long as Bella was conscious, Edward was not able to regain control. Now we're led to believe that he does because she lives and she wakes up in the hospital, but we didn't see that. I'm just throwing that out there that we don't have a reliable witness that says that Edward actually like stopped and got control on his own and like made a mature choice. All right. Snow meadow. We've got a montage fire ballet class, all of Bella's most hated things. No, not Meadows. She likes Meadows. Okay. She's in the hospital. Uh, again, she says to her mom about Edward in a second. She's like, how long has he been there? And she's like, oh, he never leaves. He's just asleep. No, that fucker is not giving her private time with her family members. When her mom and dad are in there talking, he, like, pretends to be asleep. And he listens, and he can read their fucking minds, too. He doesn't even need to listen to them. What am I talking about? So fucked. All right. Well, when you fell, you broke your leg, says... I guess this is mom. It's hard for me to tell from behind. Yeah, it's still mom. Fell through a window, I think is what they say. Edward and his dad came. You went over to the hotel, then you tripped. You fell down two flights of stairs. It's pretty impressive, since stairs have a right angle. Uh, and then through a window Uh, Bella says yeah that sounds like me Um, I trip over shit all the time I'm not ever sure how I'm going to get from one place to another without dying her mom has just learned to text so that's a new development in their world Welcome to the future, uh, what's her mom's name, Charlie and, oh, uh, Renee, of course, because of the whole, ugh, spoilers, <laughs> spoilers for the most horror- <laughs> horrifying, <laughs> no, stop, it's okay, alrighty, so she's already trying to get rid of mom, so that she can mac on her dead boyfriend, I actually don't care if people have a dead boyfriend, okay? I like urban fiction, as they call uh, or is it urban fantasy? Yeah, when it's like you have fantasy creatures but they'll like reference Britney Spears songs and stuff in the books, like, you know it's set in like a modern urban setting but it's got fantastic shit going on in it that's fine, Go, you go ahead a lot of those get too porny for me I'm, I don't know I got my own kinks, but they're not those types. <laughs> but, uh... But that's... That's fine if you want to, like, be with a dead guy or a tentacle monster or... I don't care. But... Bella, you gotta go to Jacksonville so I can't hurt you anymore. This is, No. I mean, like... I... Didn't mean to leave you hanging there for a second, but she, he said, let's break up. And she said, no. <laughs> so, you know, welcome back to being 17. Alrighty. God, this is a continuing problem in these stories, which is that the falling action is exhaustingly long. The the only Thrilling part of the book happens, and it happens like two thirds of the way through the book, you know. And like, it's just that I mean, sure. In a like, if you're like in a play, you know, like a three act play, all right. You know, like I understand the structure, but it's a poor choice because the sh- the interesting shit happens, and then it just becomes like twenty five more minutes of them just like talking. Oh, here's Charlie back with his Rainier beer. Super fun. Uh, Bella's got a cast. I guess it was her leg that they broke, not her arm. And I don't mean to be rude here, because I've already described so many times how beautiful Kristen Stewart is. So let's just say how awful she looks in this. She's got badly curled hair. I mean, she looks almost correct, this would be a homecoming. You would see Washingtonian girls uh, dress like this for homecoming, maybe? She's wearing a mid-length dress with leggings? Which could just be to cut down on the chafing of her cast, I don't know, her like walking cast. But I think it's just because she's generally kind of a modest person, which is fine. But you just wouldn't, I don't think you'd see that uh for a prom and I know Bella doesn't know about that kind of stuff or she doesn't care about it or whatever but she just happens to have like way over curled hair and like a super uggo dress and she put leggings on of all inexplicable things I think that's to keep her from being too pretty you know they're like oh look at her she wears like leggings and a con- one converse sneaker like she's just like you but she's not like Kristen Stewart is has got like an ethereal quality to her and that's fine they should roll with that all right, Jacob's here. He's been paid by his dad to warn her off of these folks. Uh, yeah, the wig doesn't look great on um, Jacob at this angle. I want to see scalp, right? That's how. That's when you got a good wig. I mean, that's and that's not even great. That's just that should be the minimum. If, and the thing is, these, all the wigs in this, these movies are terrible. Go back to the, if you fucking feel like it, I don't know why you would, but hey, go back to the scene, um, where they're making that Italian food for Bella or any scene, like look at Rosalie's hair. There's no scalp. They just took a blonde wig and like put it over her hair. That was like pulled back in a bun. Like we used to do before I was born. We didn't used to do that because wigs have been better than that since before I was born. (laughs) Like, that's really bad. That's like Halloween. You pull your hair back in a wig and you put, like, your witch... Or you pull, pull your hair back in a bun and put, like, your witch wig on. That is not for movies. That hair is supposed to look like it's growing out of your head. And there are methods for making it do that. So for you to not do that on these people that are supposed to be just like, oh, so beautiful. I mean, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Is bad. Alrighty. So let's see here. Problem is an important rite of passage, and I didn't want you to miss anything. And this is sweet, them all dancing around. But it's, of course, sweeter when they go out to their little gazebo. Poor Jessica Andric, Anna Kendrick's character. Also trashy. People didn't dress like this right? Like, I just want to be some of it a little bit. You might've had a couple girls that would address like Bella, but like, mm, I don't know. I feel like this set or these costume and people, they already knew they're like, we're trying to make something that people will look back on and think like late aughts, you know? Cause it's, it's too essentialist. Like everything is so Everything in Seattle is grungy. Everything about Bella is, like, plain and but relatable. You know, blah, blah, blah. All right, so they're doing this dance. It's so sweet. Uh, He says, you can do it. It reminds me of, like, when I was young and, like, your dad or your grandpa would let you dance on top of their feet. You put, like, your tiny baby feet, you know, on top of their feet and then, like, hold on to them and they dance around. And it's kind of stilted. Like that, because they're just doing like a. They're just stepping back and forth, doing like kind of half of a waltz. Waltz is the easiest dance in the world. It's just a box. It's just a box, and then you also twist. Uh. If you had let the Venom take me, I could be like you by now. He says you don't know what you're saying. I always give him, like, the. Uh. Can't think of his poor name, but like Lego Batman. Oh, God, I'm so familiar with him. Why? I don't know why. I can't think of anyone's name today. It's so absurd. Married to Amy Poehler. Like I'm. I absolutely know his name, but I'm not gonna get hung up on it. But that's how I always give Edward in my head. I'm like, I. I can't avoid you any longer. All right. Let's see. Uh, Al- she's like Alice knows I'm a vampire, so I'm gonna be a vampire. He's like, ugh. Maybe. It is weird. She says, I dream of being with you forever. He's like, You could just have normal sleep because I'm always in your room. So you're always, you know, getting these momentary images of me that are convincing you. Okay, so he's leaning her back in this, like, seductive, like, gone with the wind, Dracula type thing. Her neck is open and back, not open, not open, like split open. You know what I mean? It's bared. Her throat has been bad. And he, but then he just gives her a sweet little snuffle kiss and then in, in, in the collar and says, that's going to have to be enough. And she says, for now, pretty sure. Yeah. She says, yeah, for now. Yeah, exactly. Pretty sure that's exactly what I said. this is beautiful everyone would be out here you notice how all the couples if you were watching this they like tottered off (laughs) they're like oh fuck, we're in the climax of the movie like we gotta get out of here this is the big kiss this is very sweet i mean like and she gets a wedding that's a lot like this in like a year from now a little over a year from now so bella is having a lot of experiences you know, in the evening of the nice Pacific Northwest temperate climate with some fairy lights and some nice folksy music. Like, aside from all the, like, murder and shit, like, she's, this is a pretty sweet little life she's got here. Ice dolphins. Did you guys see that? There's just, and it's over by, like, a fountain. So there's this, like, huge ice sculpture of multiple dolphins over by a little pond, unoccupied, to the, far edge of a gazebo, which no one at this prom is occupying. Now with, with your, your student government in what would we call it in high school? I can't remember, but whatever we call it, did they have funds for that kind of thing? Were they like, yeah, this venue is great. We can afford it. And also I think let's get like, like some four foot tall, like dolphin trios and let's put them over at like the far corners of the place's Alright, so Victoria, we saw a little hint of Victoria, she was watching them, and she's coming for them, and now we're in the credits, we're getting some images of wolves, I wonder what that's referencing, uh, yeah, there we go, we made it, you guys, that looks a lot like, that is Tillamook Falls, I mean Multnomah Falls, why did I say, there's no Tillamook Falls, that's not a place, Multnomah Falls. It's because I always go to them at the same time. I always make a day trip out of both Tillamook Cheese and Multnomah Waterfall. But yeah, so that's a little random. They were at Multnomah Falls, which is an incredibly uh, iconic waterfall. I wonder if Stephanie Meyer, if that's where she got her story of like the third wife or whatever her bullshit made up Native American story is in in whichever the second or third book where like the, the Native woman sacrifices herself Because that, I think, was the story of Multnomah Falls. The legend is, uh, now this, again, this is a real legend of a real people, so please go look it up. Don't take it from me. I am, I am not trained in the oral tradition, and I don't even fucking remember what the postcard said or wherever I read this, but something was happening, you know, whether they were at war, there was a famine, or I don't know what was happening. Seems unlikely that it was a drought. (laughs) But uh, to save her people, the princess leapt from the waterfall as a sacrifice. And so they say that when you look at a certain place in the ripple of the waterfall, that you can see the Native American princess, uh, you know, leaping to her human sacrifice death. So there, I, there you go. I mean, I think Stephanie Meyer had some of this stuff in the back of her mind. I think she just had that white lady thing where you're like, I'll just... Uh, This belongs to me too. I'll just take this This is mine now and I'll mix it up and this is mine now. And you know, you can, I mean, I appreciate that she tried. I don't, I don't think it's correct. We already talked about that a lot, but she tried. Um, because you know, the split side is we have Harry Potter where she's like, well, I can't write from the perspective of a minority character because that would be wrong of me because I'm a white woman. And it's like, well, you wrote from the perspective of a little boy. So what the fuck do you mean? Like what? Anderson, you can't like, I can't, I'm not like Rachel Dole all, I can't go write a book about what it's like to experience being a black woman in America or something, but you can certainly like have diverse characters in your novels without, you know, taking the actual cultures of those diverse peoples and putting your own spin on them, which is not cool. So, all right, now we got some, just like we're on some ripply water and the scroll credits are on. So I think that was pretty good, you guys. I've been recording a long time. I've never recorded anything before, hardly. A few things, but not a podcast. Nothing ever on my own. First time using this microphone. First time doing a film commentary track. Uh, Yeah. So anyway, it's really just a test. Uh, Thanks for sticking in there if you did. And uh, we'll see you next time. Stephanie Meyer, big news. She is releasing Midnight Sun. So... For all of you twyhards, maybe you want to tune in to the rest of these. Maybe this will find some, I don't know, maybe it will find its own, like, Twilight resurgence in a few months when that book comes out, and people are looking for Twilight content to consume. Who knows? So, I hope you are well. It is almost, I'm at 2 hours and 20 minutes, so I'm going to clock out now and try to see if I can't cut this down. But if not, if I'm too lazy, please enjoy. I have been your host. My name is Meg. And it has been a pleasure. Uh, Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. (laughs) Okay. Bye, guys.